would invite you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're so thankful to the Lord for the privilege to serve Him, for His enablement, for His mercies upon us, for the part that you have in uh, our life and ministry. Looking around here, many new faces, but also many, I'm not going to say old faces, but faces that go from way back from our initial coming here and uh, for your investment in our lives. Much of what we do is an extension of what others have done in us and to us and for us. I remember especially during our years at seminary in the prophecy chamber, I mean the prophet's chamber here and how that was a blessing and how many of you were a blessing to us and then I would also add Darren and Nathan later on and then to our family after we got married and as our family grew the hospitality and just the love that made it an important part of bringing us to where we are at now and as we seek to to live that as well that was modeled to us so we are so thankful in summary I would remind you that uh, God has enabled us to serve in two primary ways that is pastoring future pastors. It's called a seminary because it's all the pastors get in that context for formal training, but it's more like a Bible institute or a Bible college. And so our ministry would be pastoring future pastors, not only teaching, but investing life to life. I would say that the seminary is more than an educational institution. It's a uh, location for spiritual formation spiritual growth so there's not only academic aspect but there's the relational aspect and there's also the weekend ministry as the students are serving in the local churches throughout their time at the Bible school seminary Bible Institute however you want to call it school of training ministry training uh, and so that aspect of our ministry is the primary ministry pastoring future pastors and then also promoting church planting, not only among the churches. God has given us the privilege to work in an association of churches, about 30-some churches in this association. It's the fruit of close to 450 man years of labor. If you take the missionaries that have spent a various number of years in, uh, on that field, that state, total at least 450 years. Uh, 30 of those years, actually 30-some of those years, were spent by my mom and my dad, 19 years together in Brazil, in that field, where they served. Had, they were the 12th missionary unit, either single or family couple, on that in that town. The mission was close to closing that work because of the difficulties, by God's grace, when they uh, were called out of that field in the early 90s. The missionary team was working on the sixth church in that town of close to 200,000 people. Uh, fruit of that labor is now we have an association of 30-some churches, uh, Bible school and two camps, all nationalized with only two missionary families left on the field, and that is a good thing at this point. Uh, some colleagues of ours assisting in church planting and then our ministry serving the Brazilian churches in promoting church planting as well as being involved in a specific church plant and some of that uh, in promoting church planting has been helping cover a church building by the roof and they do the labor and so that's part of our ministry 
of helping fund some, some uh, steps, some mobilization or some, some catalysts in helping them make significant steps forward. And also, as Martia mentioned, working alongside a Bible school graduate couple in church planting as they learn and we serve together with them. They are leading and we are there assisting. And so it's a privilege to be a part of God's work. And this morning I would like to share from 2 Timothy chapter 3, the second part of 2 Timothy chapter 3 and getting into chapter 4, which is, a, which is the driving force of our ministry in Brazil. During deputation 20 years ago, and on the various furloughs, we have been preaching expositionally through various books, taking the next portion as we've gone along. This furlough, we've preached some in Deuteronomy, not very much. Uh, but most of this furlough, we have been preaching kind of different for our, our, uh, our uh, normal schedule, but pretty much the same text each, uh, each message. And one of the reasons we've, do, we've done that is rather than modeling what we believe, we're giving you the reason why we do what we do and why we believe in, in the strategic aspect of church planting and leadership training, serving in the Bible school there in Natal, Brazil. And as we, as we look into this text, I will continue to draw your attention to the picture that is also on our picture card. Uh, because it is provocative, it's also symbolic, and as you have this picture, as you take this picture, I encourage you to put it in a prominent location to remember to pray for Tim and Martia. It's also going to be a stimulation, we expect, to pray for your missionaries and to pray for your pastor, pray for your church, and pray for your own testimony in the world in which we live. In summary, this picture is symbolic because we as believers are called to live in the world but not of the world. This picture is taken just a few blocks from where we live. It kind of shows the context of life there. We don't want to communicate that Brazil is a trashy country, but there is more trash floating around than there is here because of the way things are done. This is a triple R station, that is a reduction, recycling, and removal station, a garbage transfer station, informal. The way things work in Brazil is uh, the, the garbage pickup is, is a city responsibility. It comes out of your taxes, so the garbage comes, it comes by on a regular basis in, in uh, more precarious locations, such as where we live, or when there's more garbage than the garbage pickup uh, can handle, then you just stage it in, a, in, in an empty lot. By the way, right here on the corner or right here, right here in front, there's places that, I mean, if you have uh, some tree limbs or a banana clippings or, you know, an extra pickup load, you just put it there. And if the owner isn't around to say, please don't do that, then it uh, soon becomes a triple R station, a removal station. It's there and staged until they come along with a loader and truck. And by the way, that's more efficient to take it away. And then right away the next day, things start to accumulate there. And once a month or every other month or whatever, it's removed. It's also a recycling station where the down and outers or people that don't have a job will, will have a place to pick through the garbage and take out the stuff that's recyclable. And two blocks away, there's also a, a gentleman that buys it by the pound and sells it by the ton or buys it by the kilo and sells it by the truckload as he makes his cut out of the recycling industry as well as also a reduction area where every once in a while you light it on fire, it sterilizes it, reduces it, and so forth. And uh, 
It also contributes, contributes to global cooling. That, that smoke and stuff kind of uh, uh, protects from the sun rays and filters out the dust and so forth. And so there's many benefits of doing it this way. Uh, once again, I would just point out that that's some of the ways that are done differently. But also this picture is symbolic. It's symbolic because as we live in the world, we are called to be believers and not be contaminated by the world. Now in this picture, there's the risk of physical contamination, and if the resolution were sufficient, you'd probably see some flies even around in uh, the near vicinity and getting just uh, contaminated by that. But what this picture is also symbolic of is the Christian life, that we as believers are called to be in the world and not of the world, and we are no different than our neighbor. The only difference between us and our neighbor is the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation. And what happens here regularly is what happened at the, gump, at the dump in Jerusalem, which was a, a continual burning. It's the valley of the sons of Hinnom, and so the valley of Hinnom, Gehenna, became a symbol of the lake of fire, which is the destiny of all people who do not have their sins forgiven, who do not have the personal corruption taken care of, their spiritual corruption taken care of. And that's why the message, the, gospel, the Bible, starts out with the bad news, but also brings the good news of hope and eternal life, because the gospel is the power of God and salvation. And we who are believers in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins make us no different than our neighbors except that Jesus has saved us. And then we are called to be lights in a dark world, agents of hope in a hopeless world, bearers of the message of salvation to those who are condemned. This, this, this uh, picture is also symbolic of the gospel ministry. That is, the pastoral ministry. God, in His wisdom, has raised up men to care for us as believers. And even though we might have a smiley face and look all prettied up for Sunday morning, many of us came to church Sunday morning having had some accidents in the home. Maybe an accidents, accident with a child still in diapers or any, any number of things. And we, we have a stressed life and most of us have problems in our life. Can I say all of us? have problems in our life. And God has raised up godly leadership, spiritual leadership, to minister to us. And I would encourage you that if you are one of, like most of us, that come trying to look nice but do have challenges in our life, seek the first responders that God has raised up to minister to us. And as first responders have special challenges of not being contaminated by their work, God has raised up pastors to care for us. And as our family goes through trials and we consult, we ask counsel and prayer from our spiritual leadership, they need prayer as well that that does not contaminate them in their ministry to us. As our spiritual leadership deals with our problems, that they continue to stay filled with the Holy Spirit, capable and equipped by the power of God to continue to minister from a life of holiness and sanctification. This picture is also, to a greater extent, also symbolic <clears throat> of the missionary endeavor. As our world, America, 
has its contamination, does have some garbage around, there is more contamination in the world out there. And I speak of spiritual and moral contamination. That contamination that could easily derail the ministry that God has called us to. Remembering also that all of us have contamination that sits within our own lives, called the sin nature. So pray for your missionaries. Pray that they would not be contaminated by their own sinfulness, nor contaminated by the sinfulness in their society. And I'm not talking about the, spirit, the physical contamination, I'm talking about especially the physical contamination. Because as God leads us to, to share the good news of hope and salvation, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that God would work in us and through us in the lives of those that are so needy around us. And so this picture is a plea to pray for our physical safety. Yes, it is more dangerous than most of the world. Pray for our uh, physical health and vitality as we are around places that are more dangerous and could easily, quickly, physically derail our life and ministry. We have had incidents on the field of, of uh, unpleasant situations that could derail us physically. Pray for our physical well-being, but pray also for our spiritual well-being, our spiritual vitality, that God's power would be shown through us and also in us in the lives of those around us as, as Jesus builds His church. And as we look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, I would remind you here in chapter 3, verse 1, the text says, know, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own self. And the list continues on through verse 9. The challenges, the difficulties of the last days, it says they are perilous times. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word, which is living and active and powerful which does a supernatural work in our life through the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we pray that you would help us to be people of your word, people who live your word, and people who communicate your word to those around us. For your glory we pray in Jesus' name, amen. And so this text says that in the last times, in the latter days, there will be perilous times because of the people of the last days. We decry the corruption of our society, the decay of America. I would say that all of you agree that we lament the situation that we see happening in our country. But I would remind you, first of all, that that proves the Bible is true because times are going to get worse. Times are much worse in other places in the world. And times are headed that direction in our society as well. And he describes those perilous times. And it's like a tide that sometimes the waves are stronger, sometimes the waves are weaker. You can actually stand on the edge of where the wet part of the beach is and one wave will get your feet wet. And for another five minutes or whatever, the waves will come and won't reach your feet. But as the waves come and go, the tide is coming in. And sooner or later, we will be buried or completely immersed by the tide. And we live in times that might be less worse than other times, but that is what to be expected, the times getting worse. 
And as we notice the situation of the last days, we notice that the apostle gives also the solution to the last days. The solution of the last days we see especially in a beginning in verse 10, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, patience, persecutions, afflictions that happened to me in the first missionary journey and which was to, uh, Timothy's home country as well. The solution to the situation of the last days is the scripture lived. We need to be people that live the Scriptures. We also notice that the solution to the last days is the Scripture learned, verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from childhood thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. As we lament the decay of our society, we need to remember that God has given us the calling to live the Scriptures and to continue to learn the Scriptures. And that is not only learn for us, but also learn for others. And I would point out the power of the Scriptures. You know, folks, we really don't believe in the power of the Scriptures. Because if we believe in the power of the Scriptures, we would be taking the Scriptures into our life, <coughs> excuse me, as much as we believe in food and water. Do we really believe that healthy food is good for us? Yes, we do. Because unless we are absolutely unable to, and then we get an IV, or we are, don't have the resources to eat, we do everything we can to eat the best we can because we believe and we know that food is good for us. Food does us well for our well-being. Do, does us good for our well-being. The Scriptures is more valuable than food for our well-being. And we notice the power of the Scriptures. I think it was Pastor Misasuko that said that children are born uh, wild beasts and need to be tamed. What is it that tames the wild beast that is in our nature? The living and powerful Word of God used by the Holy Spirit of God to give life to dead beings. As God created the world and breathed into Adam and Eve, Adam, the breath of life, and man became a living, be living being, He continues to do that on a spirit, in the spiritual realm through His Word. And notice here that Timothy, from a child, knew the Holy Scriptures. I would remind you that Timothy's mother and grandmother were devout Jewish women. His father was a Gentile. Many questions involved there. But I would like to submit the idea that Timothy grew up in a spiritually dysfunctional home. His father was absent from the text, excuse me, and maybe absent spiritually. But notice that his mother had just one tool, the Scriptures which were able to make him wise unto salvation. Jesus said, told the scribes and Pharisees, if you believed Moses, you would believe me. And I would remind you that, uh, that Lois and Eunice, Timothy's mother and grandmother, did not have their own personal copy of the Bible as we do. 
they did not even have the New Testament at this time. They had just the Old Testament. And they probably did not have a personal copy of any of the Old Testament. And yet, they had it and they communicated it. Folks, notice the power of God's Word in just the Sunday school stories. They aren't just the Sunday school stories. They teach that God is and that God is the rewarder of those who seek Him. The power of God's Word. Notice that the solution to the decay of society is the Scripture lived and the Scripture learned. But here is where it gets even more passionate to where we are at in God's work in Brazil, at the, especially at the Bible Institute. Chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Chapter 4, verse 1 is building up, I charge you in the presence of, of God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the living and the dead by His appearing in His kingdom. This, is, this lends weight to the very next phrase, verse 2. Preach the Word. That gives us the method and that gives us the content. The method is a method that's kind of despised. There's no mystery to the method. And as we learn, learn, learn homiletics in seminary, that's the art of communication and the laws of communication, we learn some things that you don't do when you're preaching, like fiddling around with your keys or, or looking off to the sky like this and not giving eye contact and things that distract. We avoid those things. But fundamentally, preaching of the Word is communicating what this text says. Doing the best that I can to understand and communicate the text because it is God's Word that does His work in our lives. And as we serve in the Bible school, we won't be able to have a GPS tracker on the graduates. We praise the Lord that 90% of the graduates go into ministry from the Bible school. And five years out, at least 80% are still in ministry. Yes, we have those that for one, other, one reason or another crash and burn. But I believe that is a tremendous statistic of what God is doing in us and through us and in spite of us. And as the students go out and serve, we can't be there with a leash on them making sure that they, they keep from heresy and keep to holy living. We can only do one thing, only one thing, and that is to give them the Word of God. We have quite a high percentage of analysis and uh, survey classes at the Bible school so the students learn the, the text of the scriptures. Why is that? Because as they go out to the very front lines of ministry and even missionary work from Brazil and beyond, what they need to know is that God's word needs to be a part of their life and then through them in the life of those around them. We have the methodology and the content. Preach the Word. And now it gets back to, well, just before that, just to point out the, the outline for those of you who are following. The solution to the situation of the last days is the Scripture lived, chapter 3, verse 10 and following. The Scripture learned, chapter 3, verse 14 and following. And the Scripture liberated and I use that in the sense of, of unleashing the power of the Scriptures. That is, turning the electricity on so that the light can shine. 
The solution to the problems of the last days is preach the word. We aren't here to try to convince people that the Bible is the word of God. There is a place for that. But 1 Thessalonians, I believe it is, chapter 3, long about 13, he speaks of the power of the word to those who believe. As we believe that God works through His Word, and as we are here believers in the Word of God, we take in the Word of God, trusting and knowing that He builds us spiritually through His Word. So the Scripture liberated, liberated that is, released, proclaimed, and announced. And now getting back to where I was headed there just a minute ago, this is where it comes to us here at Discovery Baptist Church. Why are you here this morning? What would it take for you to go to another church or not to a church at all? Chapter 4, verse 3 continues to the situation of the last times. Verse 3, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, and do the work of the evangelist. Unfortunately, much of contemporary Christianity has scratch my back, has a scratch my back attitude. I'm here as long as it's doing me good. I'm here as long as I, I like it or I feel good. That's not the right reason to be in any church. And one of the reasons, and I believe I can say this accurately, that Pastor Mark has continued to be expositional preaching is he believes that the power of God is through the preaching of the Word, and he believes that each of us need to be here to hear the Word, whether we like it or not. So the situation, the solution, and the prescription is preach the Word, the Scripture liberated. Pray for us. Pray for our physical well-being, our spiritual well-being, Pray for God's continued provision and pray that God would prosper His Word as we serve together in Natal, Brazil. Thank you so much for your part in God's work through us. Thank you for your love extended to us as an expression of, the, of your love for the Lord.